We're going to be talking about the name. The name. That's right. Of Holy God. is the name of God. Amen. Amen. Welcome everybody, Christ Church. So glad you're wish with us from wherever you are around the world. You are welcome here, and you're a part of the family. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't had the opportunity to do so, uh, to go ahead and print off your sermon notes there, uh, available to you under the notes tab. And there are a number of blanks I'm going to have you fill in today. Now, if you don't have a chance to print them off, maybe you've got a scrap piece of paper somewhere that you can just write down those fill in the blanks, and then you can print it off and put it into your notes later. But, you know, this is kind of a, uh, an interest, this is a very interesting message today because many of us find ourselves uh, uh, at odds with this particular commandment. I think that's the best way to say it. We find ourselves at odds with this particular commandment. You're going to want to hear this today. You know, we're in a series called The Original Top Ten. It's all about the Ten Commandments of God. And, you know, it's also about relationships. You know, I think many Christians never have realized that the Ten Commandments of God are all about relationships. They're about our relationship on the vertical, which is, of course, our relationship with God, right? And then it's about our relationship with one another, which is the horizontal, the vertical relationship, our relationship with God, and our relationship with one another on the vertical. That's all this is. It's all about building strong relationships. It's about the, uh, on the Ten Commandments. You know, when I was a pastor in San Antonio, one of our Sunday school teachers, uh, I think it was uh, first grade, I believe it was, was teaching about the Ten Commandments, and uh, she said to the class, can any of you name at least one of the Ten Commandments? And, of course, every hand went up. Uh, everybody can think of at least one of the Ten Commandments, I think, even in first grade. So all the hands went up, and there was one kid who was just going, ooh, 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 you know, pick me, pick me, pick me. Well, so the teacher picked this, uh, this child, and the kid said, she said, uh, so tell me, what is one of the Ten Commandments? And he said, don't mess with Texas. Well, uh, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. Okay, uh, it is a very popular statement in Texas, I can tell you that, but don't mess with Texas is not one of the Ten Commandments. You know, that slogan uh, in the state of Texas is so, uh, so pervasive, so common, and actually kind of revered that I'm not so sure that even with the teacher uh, explaining that this is not one of the ten, I'm not sure it convinced the kid that it wasn't in God's top ten at all. So, but we're going to be looking at the third commandment today that I can summarize in one sentence. Here it is. Ready? Here's the summary. Don't mess with God's name. How about that? Don't mess with God's name. You know, and it's interesting to me here how, how, the, how the name of some people capture the essence of who they are. You know, it just seems like there are some people who were just born for their job. They just embody what it is that they do. I found these on the internet. I actually found 40 of them. I'm only going to give you five or six. There was a British neurologist named Lord Brain. Lord Brain wrote a book, wrote a book 
British neurologist named Lord Brain. A lawyer in New York City is named Sue Yu. Sue Yu. I think she was born for that job, right? Andrew Drinkwater works for the Water Research Center. How about that? And then the CEO of Food for the Poor, bless his heart. His name is Robin Mafood. Robin Mafood. Oh my goodness. How about that? I'm going to leave you with this one. Joshua, doc, uh, Dr. Joshua Butt. Well, wouldn't you know, he's a gastroenterologist. There he is, right there. You know, what's in a name, folks? What's in a name? God says there's a lot in the name, particularly when it comes to his name. A lot in the name when it comes to his name. Let's check out the scripture. It says uh, from uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, it says this, Do not misuse my name. I am the Lord your God, and I will punish anyone who misuses my name. Let's look at it again. It says, do not misuse my name. Matter of fact, let's say it together. Do not misuse my name. I am the Lord your God, and I will punish anyone who misuses my name. Well, you know, this raises some question, at least in my mind. What's the question? Well, why in the world is God so sensitive about his name? Why is God so sensitive about his name? You know, God says that your name represents three things. Three things. First thing, it represents, your name represents your reputation. Yes, your reputation. Your name represents your reputation. You know, when I say a name like Martin Luther King Jr. or Abraham Lincoln or Billy Graham, what do you think of? You think of their reputation. If I say Winston Churchill, if I say John F. Kennedy, you think of their reputation. Their reputation represents their reputation. Your name represents your reputation. Here's the next one. Your name represents your character. Represents your character. You know, many times in the Bible when, when a person's character changed, God would change their name. What am I talking about? Abram became Abraham. Uh, who else? Uh, Jacob became Israel. Uh, Simon became Peter. God changed their names because their character changed, and God used their name to represent their new character. So, it, your name represents your reputation, your name represents your character, and God's name also represents his authority, but it also represents your authority as well. You know, if you received a call from George Brown, whoever George Brown is, but if it came up on your caller ID as George Brown when you were eating dinner, you'd probably not pick it up. You'd say, I'll, I'll let it go to voicemail. But if you received a call from George Bush, you'd probably pick it up. I mean, I think even Nancy Pelosi would pick up that call. So it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, you'd probably pick up the call if it said George Bush on your caller ID. You see, there are names that represent authority. You know, and for God, 
the name of God represents his reputation. It represents his character. It represents his authority. Those three things. God says, look, when you misuse my name, when you abuse my name and misuse it, it's a big deal. The reason it's a big deal is you are defaming my reputation, you are impugning my character, and you're dismissing my authority. And that's a big deal. God says, don't misuse my name. You know, when you, often when you think about misusing God's name, we usually think of swearing, right? That's what we usually think of. But there are many, many, many other ways that we misuse God's name. Most of the time, I think, at least, at least for me, I, I, the times that I misuse God's name would, would not be something that I think about. You know, it, sometimes it just uh, comes out. You know, so how do you misuse God's name? You do it when you, mis, when you use God's name to express irritation. When you use God's name to express the fact that you're irritated at something or someone, when you're expressing your irritation, this is a probably the probably the the number one most visible way that people misuse the name of God. It's uh, when you uh, use profanity or swear to. Uh, swearing to express your irritation. You know, the United States of America, and I'm a United States citizen, I can speak to it. You know, we, uh, the United States is a foul-mouthed nation. We just are. Uh, people in the United States are a foul-mouthed nation. You know, and my kids' generation, oh my goodness, they can hand out four-letter words just as easy as if they were handing out candy to kids on Halloween. It's just the way that you, can, that you can't avoid hearing it. You know, and how many of you noticed how many things that hell gets compared to? I mean, have you, have you ever thought about this? Somebody told me, it was about six weeks ago, and somebody told me that it was as cold as hell. Well, you know, first of all, when they recognized who they were speaking to, they became a bit embarrassed to have said it. But I reminded them that I am not so much concerned I'm more concerned about their theology than their meteorology. You see, I mean, if you're going to swear, don't be ignorant. Cold as hell, what does that mean? What in the world does that mean? Uh, raining like hell, raining like hell, snowing like hell, hot as hell. Okay, I'll give you that one. But that's it. it, it we compare hell to all kinds of things and just throw it out there just like it was, again, like candy to kids. And by the way, don't, d listen to me carefully, don't command God to damn something. Do you hear me? I'm going to say it again. Don't command God to damn something. To damn something. This is a big deal. Let me tell you, folks, if you are a follower, a professed follower of Jesus Christ, and you're using GD as a swear word, let me tell you, this is, this is an insult to God. You are, you are insulting God. 
You're insulting him by commanding him to, to do anything, number one, but to damn something, which it means to, 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 for God to take for God to, to, to take that person, place, or thing out of his presence forever and ever and ever, that is a big deal. You know, now the reality is, you know, that when you're, you're working on something and you're trying to na- ha- hammer a nail in and you hit your thumb, you may feel like you want to ask God to damn the pain that is to remove it from his presence forever. But you know, to do that is really a flippant way to express your irritation to God. And it belittles the majesty and power of God. I simply want you to hear me say it. That's what it does. Whenever we do that, we are attributing the mighty, incredible, majestic, world-creating power to God to do something as silly as damn a hammer to hell. We've got to be very careful. This is a big, big, big deal, particularly for those of us who are professed Christians. All right. What's the other way we abuse God's name is when we use it to deflect responsibility. When we use it to deflect responsibility. Okay, what do, you, what do I mean by that? Well, let's take a quick look at Leviticus chapter uh, 19, verse 12. It says this. Do not make a promise in my name. Do you see that? Do, may, do not make a promise how? In my name, if you do not intend to keep it, that brings disgrace on my name, God says. Don't make a promise in my name if you don't intend to keep it. It brings disgrace on my name. This is what God says right there. You know, what are we talking about when I say we need to, that we misuse God's name by deflecting responsibility? I'll tell you what I mean. It's this. When we try to take the blame off of us to excuse ourselves and put the blame on God. What do I mean? Well, God just, it was, God just didn't want me to clean up the kitchen today. You know, I, he just didn't want me to do it. I, 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 I just felt like I, God didn't want me to get out of bed today. Didn't want me to clean up that kitchen. Or... I, you know, I've been praying about this, and I don't think God wants me to honor that contract that I signed. You know, whenever you do that, you're deflecting your responsibility. You know, if God didn't want you to sign the contract, you should have asked him and should have listened before you put your signature on it. Don't, kind of, don't start blaming God after the fact. Before you, before you signed the, the paperwork, you should have been praying to see if God wanted you to sign that contract. God just doesn't want me to honor that business deal. Well, let me tell you, you're deflecting your own responsibility and putting it onto God. You're misusing God's name when you start blaming God for things you don't want to do. That's it. Okay, here's the third way that we misuse God's name, and that is when you use God's name to intimidate other people. 
when you use, misuse God's name to intimidate other people. Unfortunately, there are some people that have got this down pat. Oh, man, they are so good at it. They are good at guilting you in the name of God to get whatever it is that they want. God told me what you should do. There you go. That's intimidation right there. God told me how you should deal with this. That's, that's intimidation. God told me what's wrong with you. You know, you may have been searching what's wrong with you, but I'm going to tell you, God told me what's wrong with you. You know, dishonest TV evangelists do this kind of thing with some kind of regularity. God told me that if you don't send me some money this week, I'm going to pull the plug on this. Well, for goodness sakes, pull the plug then and stop intimidating other people. That's what happens. They intimidate uh, intimidate you. And they do it by misusing the name of God. And even those of us who are parents, you know, uh, have uh, stooped so low, I should say, that uh, occasionally uh, even the best of us have, have, have done this to our kids where you know, we, we've tried it all. We're, we, we, they're on restriction. We've taken away their phone. We've taken away their computer. We've taken away their, their iPad. Uh, you know, we've taken away all their electronics. And they're still not getting the behavior you want. And the next thing you know, you say, look, if you keep doing this, kid, God is going to get you. You know, whenever we do that, you know, we are intimidating them. We're intimidating, and it's a misuse of the name of God. You know, in the world of crime, you know what we call that, right? Forgery. We call it forgery. Forgery is when you use somebody else's name to get what it is you want. And there are a lot of spiritual forgers in the world out there today who misuse God's name by saying, God told me, and then whatever else is going to come after that. What you should do, God told me how this should work. God told me so-and-so and so-and-so. Well, let me tell you, you know, it may be true that God did. I'm not going to discount everything. It may be true, but let me tell you, it's up to you then to figure out if that's the case. And if you are using that kind of language, you just better be very, very sure that God did in fact tell you and that you are not misusing the name of God. All right, let's keep on going. Number four, uh, you, you misuse God's name when you use God's name to try and uh, try to impress others. You know, you can misuse it when you're trying to intimidate others, but you can also misuse God's name when you're trying to impress other people, all right? When you're trying to impress them. You know, a lot of insecure believers fall into this trap. A lot of insecure believers fall into this trap. They, 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 they're trying to use the spiritual jargon in order to impress someone that... that uh, they want to uh, portray themselves as being very spiritual. You know, there have been times when that's 
you know, uh, when somebody has come up to me and, and tried to impress me with their, with their spiritual jargon, saying, you know, uh, something like this, you know, bless God, that was a great sermon, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Well, here's the thing. You know, there are times when that can be very genuine. But often is the case, it just, it just makes you sound like you're turning God into a cliché. You know, the word, let me tell you, let me put it this way. Words don't impress me. The lifestyle does. If I see it being lived out in your life, you know, then your words match your lifestyle. But don't turn God into a cliche. Be genuine, be real. Just don't turn God into a cliche. Look at this. Uh, Titus 1.16 says this. They claim to know God, but they deny him by what they do. They claim to know God, but they deny him by what they do. You know, when you take God's name in vain, when you claim to be committed to him, but then you don't back it up with your lifestyle, you know, it's just like when someone says, you know, uh, I love the Lord. He's number one in my life. And then if you ask, well, Tell me what ministry you're involved in. Well, I'm not. Do you taught? No. Uh, do you have a daily quiet time with the Lord? No, I just haven't been able to fit that in. Well, what in the world are you telling me? He's not number one in your life. If you, if you, if you, you have no quiet time with the Lord, if you're not tithing, if, you, if your lifestyle's not backing up your words, you turn God into a cliche, into a cliche. It's just words. Don't misuse God's name by trying to impress others. Lifestyle impresses. Everything else is just words. All right, here we go. Number five, you misuse God's name when you use God's name thoughtlessly. When you use God's name thoughtlessly, thoughtlessly. Isaiah 29, 13, look what it says. These people say they love me, but their hearts are far from me. Look at that again. These people say they love me, but their hearts are far from me. This is one of the traps that many of us fall into right here. When you use God's name uh, as a convenient expression, you, it, it becomes, God's name becomes your exclamation point. God's name becomes your wow statement. Like a statement of surprise, a statement of amazement, a statement of fear, a statement of anger, a statement of, of, uh, of joy. You know, I just caught a 10-pound fish. My God! There's your wow statement. You've misused the name of God. Susie's pregnant. Oh, my Lord. There you go. Amazement. You've turned God into your exclamation point. I was, I was walking into Walmart last week, and uh, a couple was talking, and, and then I heard, Jesus Christ, did you see that? You know, you hear that kind of thing. And you know, it actually, 
it actually makes me very uncomfortable. When we turn, reduce God, I, I, let's put it this way, you reduce the, the creator of the universe into an exclamation point. And you know what? When we Christians do that, this is a big deal. This is a huge thing. And we've got to be very, 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 very careful with it. The name of God is holy, and we can't use it thoughtlessly. You know, whenever you swear or misuse God's name, we're offending the creator of the universe. When Rosemary and I uh, go to see a, uh, our, our streaming in a movie, if we find that it's just constant misuse of God's name over and over and over again, we turn it off. And it's not because we're prudish. It's not because we're holier-than-thou people. It's just that it makes us uncomfortable when somebody is mocking our Savior, mocking the, the very one who has given us life, the very one who has offered us heaven. You know, isn't it strange, though, too, you know, when, when, uh, whenever, you, uh, whenever you are, uh, whenever people swear, you know, they, they swear in the name of God or they swear in the name of Jesus, but you never hear anybody uh, who is swearing say, oh, Buddha. Never hear that. You know, our, our Hindu friends down the street at the temple, you never hear somebody saying, oh, Durga. Why is that? You ever thought about that? And I'll tell you why. You don't hear it because there is power in the name of God. There is power in the name of Jesus that doesn't exist elsewhere. You know, let me tell you, if you ever watch any of the shows where they're casting out demons and that type of thing, or where houses are haunted, who are they praying in the name of? And these people are not necessarily Christians, but who are they praying in the name of? They're praying in the name of God, they're praying in the name, they're casting out demons in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there is power in the name of God. This is serious, serious, serious stuff. It's a big deal. You can use any other name, but when you start using the name of Jesus, everybody gets nervous. Why does everybody get nervous to mention Jesus' name? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. It represents God's reputation. It represents his character. It represents authority. That's why you can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. There is authority. Authority there that even the demons obey. So, how is it that we can use God's name correctly? We need to then respect. Go ahead, put it up. There it is. Respect God's name. That is, treat it with utmost respect. Use it carefully, use it lovingly, use it as an act of worship. Just don't let it slip out thoughtlessly. When you say the word God, mean it in your heart. Here we are with Psalm 29, 2. It says, let's read this together. Ready? Give to the Lord the glory, do his name. 
Give to the Lord the glory due his name. That is honor God's name. Honor God's name. You know, I, I was thinking about this. You know, if, if I were standing near somebody and somebody was using my wife's name in vain, you know what I'd do? I'd speak up about it. I'd speak up about it. I, I wouldn't say, oh, that just doesn't bother me and tune it out. You know why? Because love demands action. Love demands action. I'd have to say something about it. If somebody ridiculed or disrespected my mom or my sister, my wife, I'd do something about it. I, I suspect many of you would too. You wouldn't just sit there in silence. But many believers think of nothing when Jesus' name is blasphemed all the time. I want to challenge you to say something carefully, respectfully, but to say something. You know, I'll never, I'll never forget. I shared this just four weeks ago. Just real quick, I'm going to share it again. My buddy Neil and I, uh, when we were in seminary, went to every one of the Duke basketball games, and across the aisle from us was this big burly guy who, who uh, just blurted out, GD this and GD that and Jesus this and so forth and so on. And, and it really got uncomfortable. And so my friend Neil says, I just can't take this anymore. I'm going across the aisle. I'm going to tell the guy, stop doing it. And I thought, man, this guy's going to kill him. But he went over, tapped this guy on the shoulder and said, I want you to know that I work for the one that you are mocking and blaspheming. I work for that God. And I'm going to ask you to stop it because it, it, it offends me. Please, stop it. And you know what? The guy did. The rest of the season, he didn't do it anymore. Can you... Can you respectfully ask somebody not to do that if you're a follower of Jesus? Here's the second way and the last way that I'm going to bring up today. You need to represent God's name appropriately. Represent God's name appropriately. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.19 says this, A person who calls himself a Christian should not be doing things that are wrong. Let's do that. Let's say it together. Ready? A person who calls himself a Christian should not be doing things that are wrong. You see, our lifestyle can misuse the name of God. If you call yourself a believer, hey, what about this? Act like one. If you call yourself a believer, act like one. You know, if, 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 don't, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, don't drag the name of Jesus through the mud by the way that you are living your lifestyle. Your walk needs to match your talk. Your talk needs to match your walk. If you are a believer, represent God. Represent Him. There are two reasons why that people never come to Christ. One is they've never met a Christian. Number two is they've met one. And they met one who constantly dragging the name of Jesus through the gutter. That is, the lifestyle didn't match the talk. 
Mahatma Gandhi uh, was a practicing Hindu, yet Christianity intrigued him tremendously. In his reading of the Gospels, Gandhi was tremendously impressed with Jesus. He wanted to know more about this Jesus whom Christians call the Messiah, the Christ. So one Sunday morning, Gandhi decided he was going to visit one of the churches in Calcutta. And upon seeking entrance to the church sanctuary, he was stopped at the door by a team of ushers, and he was told that he wasn't welcome. He wasn't welcome, he wasn't permitted to attend worship in this particular church, because this church was one for a higher class, or a higher caste of Indians, and for whites. For whites only, or a higher class of Indians. And he was neither high caste, neither was he white. And because of this rejection, Mahatma Gandhi turned his back on Christianity forever. He rejected the Christian faith because of what happened to him at that church. Again, that's what he claims. Because of this experience, Gandhi later declared, I'd be a Christian if it were not for the Christians. How about that? I'd be a Christian if it weren't for the Christians. How sad. Truth is that there are people everywhere that are watching us, evaluating our speech to see if what we claim matches up with what we speak with our lifestyle. So guard your mouth, folks. Guard your mouth. You know, how many of you, uh, I remember this very clearly because it happened to me when I was a kid. How many of you uh, ever had your mouth washed out by, with soap by your parents because you said a bad word? No. Me. You know, the problem is, <laughs> it really doesn't work. And I'll tell you, because it's not a matter of your mouth, it's a matter of your heart. It's not a matter of your mouth, it's a matter of your heart. Because when you get squeezed by the world, when you get squeezed by the pressures of the world, whatever in you is going to come out. Kind of like a tube of toothpaste, you squeeze it and it shoots out. Whatever's in you is going to come out. In fact, Luke 6.45, uh, in fact, Jesus said it. Look, he said, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And the only way to clean up your language, folks, is to have a change of heart. And Jesus can do it. So, you know, I know that some of you probably thinking right now, you know, I've got the habit. And I really need to get rid of it. You know, I, I either picked it up in school, picked it up in college, or maybe I picked it up in the military, or I picked it up somewhere, and I know that it's wrong, and I really need to get this taken care of. Well, the first thing you need to do, let me tell you, the first thing you need to do is tell God that you're sorry, and you need to apologize for misusing his name. That's the first thing you need to do that you didn't realize how serious it was, and you need to ask for forgiveness. And so you need to pray, you know, Jesus, come in and give me a new heart and give me a new tongue. 
so that I can represent you well. You're the one who has forgiven me. You're the one who have cleansed me. You're the one who have given me brand new life. You're the one who I am trusting to take me to heaven. And I need to represent you well. So come in and give me a new heart and clean up my mouth so that others will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's Lord in here and he's Lord out there. Represent your Lord well. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come together in prayer, quite embarrassed actually, many of us, for the way we have misrepresented you. We have failed to use your name correctly. We've done it thoughtlessly. We have misrepresented your name by trying to deflect responsibility that is ours and blame you by trying to impress others, by trying to intimidate others by the use of your name. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us. Frankly, Lord, until we hear it proclaimed like this, we, we don't realize just how serious this is. When we Christians go around using GD is a swear word or that we are flippantly asking you and reducing the power and majesty of your name to nothing but a wow or an exclamation point or to express our own irritation. God, we are insulting you. It is a slap in your face. And so, Lord, right now, we pray that you would forgive us. In fact, I'm going to lead us in prayer for that. If, the, if you're having trouble and you, want to, and you want to deal with this issue right now of misusing the name of God, you can say, God, I am sorry for what I have done in insulting you by the misuse of your name. And so, Holy Spirit, come and renew my heart. Renew my heart. Replace what's in there with you. So that even as the, the world squeezes us in pressure, what's going to come out is not that which is an insult to your name and to your character, and to your reputation, and, and, uh, and to your authority. We pray now, Lord, to forgive us, to renew us. We ask, God, that we may never again insult you with the thoughtless and selfish use of the powerful and majestic and, and, and mighty name of Jesus. Wipe away our sin. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen.